When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Santa, you could win in APCO's Cash for Chrissy competition. That's right, APCO Joe. There's 1K to brighten your day. And 1K to give away to a mate for Christmas. APCO's Cash for Chrissy, on now at APCO. <laughs> Don't wait. City Motors Hyundai has the perfect SUV in stock and ready for you. Welcome to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Yes, forget Omicron, forget bad weather. Just relax with us. Saturdays in the gong. Good morning, everybody. This is a show loosely described as a sports program. We will go everywhere to celebrate Wollongong, the Illawarra, and the fantastic South Coast. My name is Matt Russell with two Ts. This man is Matt Campbell with one T. How are you, mate? No, I'm good. I'm good. Morning, everybody. Great to be here at the uh, Wollongong Golf Club. A little bit overcast, a bit windy, but... um, Still good to see the golfers out having a bit of a crack. Same conditions for every show so far in our wonderful surrounds here at the Wollongong Golf Club. Heavy skies, cool temperatures and a southerly blowing. Feel free to come any time you want, Summer. We are here and waiting. We just need your arrival now ahead, Maddie. as usual. A busy, busy show. We're going to talk very shortly to a Hawks player before their season opener tomorrow. A key Hawk and a long-serving Hawk. The boss of Destination Wollongong is going to tell us why everyone should be coming to the gong out of lockdown and how he's going to make this region the bike capital of the universe. Fox Sports' Brian Vanderwacker is going to dial in from Bathurst. I told him to do a cross to us from the middle of Conrod Strait. Don't know whether he can manage that, but we will find out. That'd be outstanding. The FFA Technical Director lives in the gong. Not many people would know that, so we'll chat with him a little later. Tim Barrow from Mercury's along, as is Nick Squires, Christian Zeidler, our real estate guru. And we're going to tell everyone about a new attraction at the Steelers Club, uh, an area that you must get to very shortly. But plenty happening. And uh, as we touched on, the NBL is underway. You watched a couple of games last night. Give me your overall impression of opening night of the NBL. Yeah, look, it was great to see basketball back on, absolutely. And, um, you know, they were a bit rusty, if I'm being brutally honest. I think, um, you know, the first game, which was the Jack Jumpers, which is the new Tasmanian team, I, I thought they came out with great intensity. I just think... The, the fact that it was just a little bit scrappy, I just um, I think that'll take a little while. We had COVID, we've had a little bit of disruption in the off-season, but all in all, overtime game to start the season was outstanding, and then obviously back into the jungle where you've got Perth and Adelaide played off. Two, two teams that will be vying for finals, so it was a great night of basketball. So the new Jack Jumpers, too good for the Bullets, 83-74 in overtime, and Perth, home against Adelaide, 85-73. Adelaide now head back home to host our Illawarra Hawks tomorrow. Tim Conrad will be in Adelaide and scoring freely for the Hawks. Good morning, Tim. Welcome to Saturday's In The Gong. Morning, guys. How are you going? All right. Where are you and what sort of travel and protocols have you had to follow given what's happening in South Australia and the signs that they might be about to shut the border? You are there safely and happily, aren't you? Yes, we are. We're in the uh, hotel now, and um, we didn't have to catch too much of the uh, uh, of the craziness. We got out just in time. That's why we flew out a little earlier, just so we could make sure this game happened. But uh, we've been pretty good. We haven't had any uh, like strict regulations just yet. I guess uh, both states are just seeing how this thing's going to pan out. Yeah, too right, Timmy. And you did get over there a little bit early. So you th- we normally would only fly sort of the day before a game. When did you actually fly out? Uh, we flew out on Thursday, so for a Sunday game. So obviously a little earlier than usual. So we're just uh, we've got, got a few trainings under our belt, a few weight sessions. Um, but it's just kind of business as usual, but in another in another city. Yeah, absolutely. So did you get a look at the teams last night? Did you what did you think about that first game with um, Tassie and um, and and how that all played out last night? Yeah, I kind of agree with you, Soup. Um, you, you know, a bit of rust, uh, jack jumpers, and. And Brisbane's got some new players as well, but it's uh, it seemed a little bit scrappy for the first game. The, I thought the intensity was great, but I think um, the Jack Jumpers. I think there was it was would have been an emotional night, and the, the intensity was high, which made for a uh, like you know a bit of nerves. I think, but you know all in all, OT you know Sobey hitting a 
hitting a game tying shot. You know, some excitement there, so that's good for the league. But then, I think the big story uh, for the second one was just Big Law, and that guy just uh, took over. He's a he was a wildcat savior with all those other guys out. Yeah, Tim, let's mm. give listeners some details about the games last night. The Jack Jumpers uh, home in overtime against Brisbane. Josh Adams, 20 points. Josh Majette, 19. Will Magne, the double-double star, 10 points, 11 rebounds. And Nathan Sobey, 24 points for Brisbane. But he got tossed in overtime, which was key to making sure that Tassie got home. And then, as you mentioned, Tim, Vic Law, 37 points on 16 of 29 shooting with the Wildcats doing what they do in the jungle early in the season. That is winning against Adelaide. Bryce Cotton, 16 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. And Majuk Majuk, important as well, 9 points, 12 boards. What did you make of your opponents, Adelaide, last night in Perth? I know you would have been uh, scouting the 36ers. What did you think? Yeah, look, they definitely have an inside focus. Um, they've got, obviously, some trees down there, and you know, Daniel Johnson's, or you know, he's, that guy's a walking bucket. Um, you've got Isaac Humphreys, who's a big body down the block. Um, and then you also throw in Cam Besto, who's um, uh, out of, uh, finally, in good form out of injury. Uh, he looks to be back to his old self. So that interior is a big focus for them. But I think, um, you know, uh, Dusty Hanna wasn't, probably didn't have the game he wanted to. I think he was 5 of 15 for just 10 points, but, you know, he's known for being a scorer. So I think he's just chomping at the bit to come back home and get another game in because I think he feels like he uh, should have done better. Yeah, I agree with you on that one, Timmy, too. Like, it's, it, it does seem like the focus from CJ was to throw that ball inside, but I, I don't know if that was just the game plan going in or if that was out of necessity, the fact that the guys weren't able to, to hit the sort of threes that they would normally be associated with. So, um, you know, they are quite talented. I, I, I looked at them from a roster point of view, and I believe that they're one of the teams to watch out throughout the year if they can get it right. Obviously, they've got a new coach, um, some new players across there, but, you know, they've got Mitch McCarron, who's been able to to glue teams together across it. And so from a game plan point of view tonight, what, what is the key focus? What, what's Gorgian been saying to you? Well, it's a lot of focus on us and a lot of focus on that interior game. You know, just um, making sure that we keep that under control. And if we do need to, um, you know, make adjustments during the game, then we've got them ready to go. But um, mainly, you know, a team we haven't played yet, we've just been watching. So it's going to be more, I think, about us than about them knowing what our system is going to be. Um, how we want to play, the tempo we want to play at. Um, you know, it's obviously Gorge has a massive, massive um, emphasis on the defensive end. So where our rotations are coming from, our schemes and the on balls and on and um, when the when the ball goes into the post. So, you know, we're just taking care of us and making sure that you know we're prepared for anything come come this game tomorrow. We're speaking with Tim Conrad, the Hawks veteran, before their season opener tomorrow. And, Tim, I hope you don't mind me calling you a veteran, but the stat man, Mark Slocum, who works for the NBL, informs me that you want to thank David Barlow and Brad Newley because only them stop you from being the oldest player in the league. (laughs) Just tell listeners your story about how you're actually still playing with the Hawks because it was a period not so long ago you were happily in retirement. Yeah, well, look, it was just a case of when when Gorge um, took over the reins and they they were picking the team. Um, it's just like a high school thing. I just didn't get picked, you know. So it was, um, it was <laughs> at the uh, end of the line. Was, exactly right. I was, I was the last guy left, but you know, I stayed in touch with them. Obviously, I was doing the community work and um, you know, hanging around the team. Um, and then when when injuries uh, started to, to for Gambes, they looked like he wouldn't come back. George said there might be a, you know a spot for you moving forward. So um, at the end of the day, I didn't really want to retire. Um, it was kind of out of a bit of necessity because I couldn't really leave anywhere else. I have too much going on in, in, in the gong. Um, so that decision was made. But then when the opportunity came to, to come back, I, I grabbed it with both hands. And now I'm able to get another full season under my belt, um, which is great. So, I mean, it's keeping the keeping the uh, career alive, even though I'm not going to have another retirement party whenever that time happens. I think <laughs> you're only allowed to have one. So, um, uh, too right you, too right you are. Hope, and hopefully and I can go over the chip. would be nice. A championship party, that's right. To credit to you, Timmy, for staying in shape during that time. And, um, and, and, you know, for the listeners, at that stage, it was only 10 players on a roster. Now it's gone back out to 11. So, you know, allowing for teams to be able to carry, you know, a more versatile player that, you know, understands the league. And, you know, you certainly do that. And, you, you, you know, you, you're playing as well as I've seen you play all the way through your career. So, mate, keep it up and, um, yeah, best of luck in the game. And, Tim, tell us, when it comes to the Hawks... Uh, 
Yeah. Who's impressed you? Like, we can sit back and think that Tyler Harvey's going to have a good season or Justinian Jessup, but, but through your eyes, who, who has been impressive in the preseason? Well, you know, a couple of guys. I like, um, obviously, Duop's going to be a big piece for us. Um, his versatility um, in his spot, he can play four and five and he can stretch the floor. So um, and defensively, he's he's a real a real pin for us down there. So he's um he's going to impress a lot of people. But I tell you what, um, AC is going to catch some bodies this year because I don't think I've had a more athletic import in my time in the league. He uh he yeah like he doesn't show it. He doesn't really. He's one of those guys that only need does just as much as he needs to. But there's going to be a couple times during the season where he gets a clear runway, and if someone jumps with him, they're not going to like it. <laughs> he's going to get on top of someone. He's going to he's going to put some people on posters because he has sneaky <laughs> athleticism. Okay, so we're watching Duop Reith and Import Cleveland tomorrow, Matty, mm, yeah. as tipped by Timmy Conrad to have, to have good openings to this season. Yeah, too right, and, yeah. and you need yeah. that too, don't you, Timmy? So like, you know, the focus obviously people have seen Tyler from last year, and they know what Jacinian can do. So there'll be a lot of pressure, or well, a lot of focus from teams on them. So the ability mm-hmm. to be able to have that, you know, that other person step up if it's Duop or if it's um, you know AC, as you said, or sort of some of the other you know weapons that I guess the Hawks have this year, and I'm. And I've, so I've talked about it on this show many times. It's I'm really excited by the group that's been put together from Gorge, and, and you know, I think that the whole team will do the Illawarra proud. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing them. I'd like to know from Tim what's the best part about being coached by the goat, Brian Gorge, and uh, <laughs> give us the best thing about playing under Gorge. Well, I think there's the discussion about what's in his bum bag is usually the uh, is the best. <laughs> but um, no, look, <laughs> it's, I've always thought it's a it's C4 energy drink. He just keeps it in there, you know. I'm just going. <laughs> but he, um, no, the best part is probably the attention to detail and um, just making sure that there's zero confusion, especially on the defensive end. You know, because one of the things that I've always always um, kind of struggled with is that if I'm thinking too much on the floor, I'm not working hard. So I think he wants to put his zero confusion on all of our defensive schemes so that that takes the thinking out of it. You just react. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you. I haven't been coached by Gorge all those times. And, and, you know, he is fantastic on that defensive end, but his attention to detail offensively is also outstanding, you know, to slow people down, not rush the game. But, you know, the thing that, that, that people don't see is that, that Gorge is a real sort of player's coach, mm. but, like, if you don't toe the line with him, you can quickly be yeah. on the outer. And, Tim, just no, to wrap it up, sure. I want to talk about your, your off-field work because I'm a great believer that health doesn't necessarily start in the chemist warehouse walking down the shelves, even though that's a great, <laughs> a great franchise. Health starts with what you put into your body, right? The way you exercise, what you eat, and the way you live your life, and that is where you are passionately pushing yourself in Wollongong. Tell us about that. Yeah, look, it's, it, I kind of got bitten by the bug. It was about... In my sixth year of playing, and uh, you know, I was starting to have problems with feet and knees, and you know, taking anti-inflammatory soup was giving me the best kind. So, um, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I just thought one of my one of my mates suggested I should change my diet, and when I did start looking after what I put in my body, I saw some really, really, really drastic changes in in how I felt more than anything else. So. You know, I know Sue will tell you, when you can play pain-free, it's a real, real blessing in disguise because it's not a lot of times happens it during the season. So I got to um, I got to find out firsthand what just taking care of yourself can do. So that kind of just got me bit by the bug and wanted to spread that information and trying to get through to some of the guys on the teams. But there has been a few trips to Krispy Kremes by a few of the guys. So <laughs> I don't think the message is quite getting through. <laughs> oh, but, Hungry know, Jacks was always uh, something that we visited on the way back through <laughs> before jumping on the bus to head back to Wollongong. So, well, Timmy, as you're talking, Matty's, Matty's nodding his head here. And he is testament to your fitness ethos because... He rides here on an electric scooter at about 180 kilometres an hour and handles it easily. The body's still a temple, he says. I should be right. Well, you're at, the Wall- you're at the Wollongong Golf Course. The soup's just down the road, mate. The electric scooter's That's perfect. Right. Took me three minutes. It's all right. I'm so. going to talk about his golf. <laughs> I'll talk about his golf later on in the show. But, Tim, enjoy Adelaide. I'm glad you got there early and are preparing for this game. We know you're going to have a really good season and enjoy it with the Illawarra Hawks. We'll talk to you again. Good luck in the season opener tomorrow, and thanks for your time this morning. Thanks, Timmy. No, I appreciate it, fellas. Thanks a lot.
A fantastic servant for the Illawarra Hawks. He's been there for a long time now. This is his second stint. The, the door opened again. And uh, I'd like to know through your expert eyes, Matt Campbell, as a 500 gamer with the Hawks, as a former captain, give us your prediction for Illawarra in this NBL season. I, like I said, I, I actually think they're a dead set chance. I, I, I like what they've put together. I think they were good last year, but I, I thought they had holes. I think um, they've been able to fill those holes this year. And, and it would be how the role players go. So last year we saw Jessup and Harvey do ex- extraordinary things offensively, but there wasn't a consistent person helping them out. So if, if those role players that uh, are filling around them can get up and consistently you know, fill that gap, then they're a dead set chance of winning. And I, my money's on them to win the whole thing. Well, after the break, we're going to ask Illawarra Mercury sports editor Tim Barrow the same question, and I reckon he might have the same answer. Don't wait. City Motors Hyundai has the perfect SUV in stock and ready for you. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Saturdays in the Gong, broadcasting from the amazing Wollongong Golf Club. We are at the 19th, right beside the practice greens. And as always, despite the heavy skies, the course looks fantastic. Matt Campbell, you played here during the week. Please tell me you had a 72 or less. I wish I could tell you that I had a 72 or less, uh, but uh, I'm, I'm getting there. It was a 93. I'm getting there. It's okay. That's good. If, as long as you come down each week yeah, while we're right. doing the show, I'll be happy with that. This man was part of the show last week and did a fantastic job. He's back as Mill Illawarra Mercury Sports Editor. Tim Barrow, good morning to you. Uh, good morning, lads. I, I hope the conditions will be a bit more favourable than last week uh, when it was blowing a gale out there. But uh... <laughs> Not quite a gale, Tim, but, but still blowing. We've just spoken with Tim Conrad, and Matt had his say on what he thinks the Hawks can do this year. That is, finish top four and then push for the championship. You're in that boat as well, I trust. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's fascinating. I spoke to Rob Beveridge yesterday about the hype and the actual expectation on the Hawks this year. And it's a place that, you know, no doubt Matt would know better than me, but the, 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 the Hawks have always been that, that underdog, the, the regional battler. And to have the expectation on the, them this year, it's, it's sort of unfamiliar territory for, for the team. And, uh, you know, I think no doubt Brian Gorgian will, will handle the expectation and he'll be able to, deflect a lot of that pressure on this playing group. But that's what Bevo spoke about uh, yesterday, that uh, that Gorgian is sort of the reason for the expectation because he, he brings success wherever he goes. But at the same time, he's he's the man capable of being able to, to take them where they need to be. And, you know, I think top four is the, uh, the bare minimum for this season. Yeah, great call. I agree with you. And it is that expectation. Sometimes it is harder for players that haven't had that expectation to be able to handle it. And I'm, I'm sure Gorgian spent some time talking to the group about, you know, where they got to last year and what the expectations are internally more than externally. And, um, yeah, I, I'm excited to see it. And so, Timmy, thanks for keeping my seat warm, mate. I'm, I'm glad it was an absolute terrible day and you don't want to come back on a regular basis. But, uh, <laughs> mate, um, yeah, it's exciting. I, 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 did you see the other games last night? Did you? What, what were your take on the uh, on the jack jumpers? Yeah, it was exciting to see Tasmania win. I think it's a, a nice little marker for them to lay down in their first game, isn't it? I mean, it's been a long process for them. I think the NBL's done great things in making the franchise happen before the AFL did or didn't decide in the end of what they're going to do. So they've obviously got in first. Um, the AFL have held off for a long time about the potential of having a team there. So I think to, to have a win... First game up, you know, I think a lot of the, the basketball experts have sort of given them the free pass this year that, you know, anything, whatever they achieve is, is good enough and, and they're not really uh, hoping that they'll, you know, they'll go on and contend for a championship. But, you know, you win your first game, it gives the team confidence, it gives the community confidence and I think it's, it's great for the NBL that, you know, after the, the tough times of lo- losing other teams, you know, like, like the Crocodiles and now to have Tasmania in the competition and, and hopefully up and running. Tim, if you're not buying the Illawarra Mercury or subscribing online, you are missing out. What else can we read about in the Mercury sports section today? Uh, yeah, well, there's plenty of uh, test coverage, obviously, around uh, the, the first Ashes test this week. Um, it's interesting that it looks like Mitch Stark will, uh, will get the, the selection there. Um, we obviously saw the Wellington Phoenix and, the, uh, I guess, an historic occasion yesterday with the women's team uh, making their debut in the A-League. Uh, that'll be a, a trivia question at, at Phoenix uh, Trivia Nights down the track, the fact that their first home game was, uh, was played in, in Wollongong. So, uh, yeah, there's, um, 
it's, it's just a huge weekend of sport, isn't it? With uh, with Bathurst, obviously we saw uh, Will Brown uh, with shades of Greg Murphy's lap of the gods yesterday to get the uh, provisional pole before today's shootout. Um, and uh, plenty of Hawks coverage there. We we had the, the eight-page lift-out uh, going into the season. And um, just to touch on what Matt was talking about earlier, it was uh, really interesting to talk to guys like Antonius Cleveland and then Harry Froling, and they both mentioned that, you know, the championship is the goal. They're not holding back in their, their estimation and their, you know, that what, what they're talking about. There's, there's no sort of uh, guarded conversation about that where they're headed. So I think it's certainly exciting for Hawks fans. And the rugby league world never stops generating headlines either, does it? Because Arpi Coruscant, the Penrith Panther is going to West Tigers in 2023. So Api Korosau joins Isaiah Papali'i at the Tigers in more than 12 months. That, that's one element of the story. It means that Penrith are going to be without Burton, Tyrone May this season, Kikau and Korosau for next season. So they're starting to take a hit because of the salary cap. And Redcliffe miss out on another recruit. So far, their only signing is Felice Kafusi. So plenty for Peter O'Sullivan and Wayne Bennett to do to get the Redcliffe Dolphins ready for their entry. What do you make of all this regarding Api Korosau, Tim? Yeah, well, it's sort of that, that merry-go-round with the signings, isn't it? After Reid Marnie uh, sort of announced that signing with the Bulldogs, it's sort of um, it's just thrown the other clubs into a bit of a, a spin as far as clambering for, for who signs next. So, you know, I think it's important for the Tigers. And it's interesting, you know, the Tigers need to rebuild. And obviously, Redcliffe themselves are, are building from the ground up. And, you know, being able to, to nail down a signing, uh, you know, a decent signing like that, I think it gives the Tigers a bit of optimism and a bit of confidence that they're going to be able to compete in a couple of years. And the concern for Redcliffe is that you don't want to go into the market and just constantly having to pay overs and having missed a few targets, you know, and I know Wayne Bennett, no doubt, will have a plan and he'll obviously have an idea of where he wants to go. But the temptation will be that they'll want to go out and get a couple of big signings, even if they have to pay more than they probably should, just so that they've got that perception, you know, that they're on the on the right track and that they're making waves. So it'll be fascinating to see how Redcliffe go about it in in the coming months and and show that they can they can build that squad in a, a really difficult uh, player transfer market. Yeah, it's it's it, it's so true. And we just talked about the jack jumpers in the basketball having that free swing. I I, I don't think you're going to get that with with you know Wayne Bennett at the helm there. I think they're going to going to have to hit the ground running, and it's going to be a difficult task because, like you said, that you know that market seems like a frenzy at the moment. It's um and, and it's so bizarre. I don't understand how that all works. Where you can be you know signed up in two or three years' time and still play for a club. I I find that bizarre. It doesn't happen in the in the world of basketball. It's you know we're set off season period where you're not allowed to talk to people until this certain time and you know that fi- I, I find it hard and it's got to be disruptive and you, you look at teams like Penrith who are outstanding mm. and built over five to seven years a program that you know was right at the top and and now they've been decimated by you know just that 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 dollar value right so and, yeah. he, and with new teams coming in it's going to be even harder so yeah it's a, it's a real interesting watch that's that's the salary cap aim to level the playing field so we have so many different grand finalists so many different premiers and it's one of the pillars on which rugby league says that is so important to the organization now tim barrow from the illawarra mercury we were all at the wollongong wolves on wednesday night their round of 16 ffa cup clash luke wilkshire's men had never been to this point of the competition i've got to say even though they went down to central coast mariners i was thoroughly entertained by the 2-1 loss they led 1-0 at half time how about you oh it was exciting i mean the fact that they led 1-0 and then sort of still went to try and chase the game and find that second goal against an, an admittedly 10 men, but an A-league quality team, I think it's a credit to Luke Wilkshire and his men. I mean, when Mark Birigetti, the Central Coast goalkeeper, uh, went off there in that first half, uh, I don't think he realised that Nick Littler, sort of his momentum carried him into him. I think he thought it, sort of thought it was a bit more of a, a bit of a shoulder charge uh, into him and obviously... Uh, reacted in kind, and that was uh, that led to the the red card. So when that happened, it was just this is game on, you know. And I, I thought the Wolves were great. They they ran out of legs. Um, they didn't quite have the polish. They had a couple of opportunities there in that second half, which you know could have not buried the game, but certainly made life really difficult um, for Central Coast to to come again. So you know, I think I think it's credit to them, but it, it does show 
but like the NPL clubs have never been at a bigger sort of disadvantage because they've come out of COVID. Um, they're sort of in their off season, whereas the A League teams have had three or four months of pre season. They've just started their campaigns. They're they're up and running. So you know, I think that's got to be heavily factored in of just how uh, how good the the Wolves were, even though they they did end up coming uh, you know going down to a ten man team. Yeah, for me, Marcus Beattie, their right back, number seven. He was outstanding defensively, a real standout. Tim, it's a busy weekend for you. Enjoy the big bash, enjoy the basketball, enjoy Bathurst. There's plenty for Tim Barrow to be kept busy by. We'll read about it in the Illawarra Mercury. Thanks for having me, guys. Talk to you next week. Time for the news. Then we're back to talk destination Wollongong and why everyone should come here, even though the destination this weekend for some might be Mount Panorama. Time for the eagerly anticipated Matt's mock. So your tip when it comes to the races for the day. Now, you don't have to look at the form guide. You just look at the name and you come up with your omen bet. Yeah. Basically, we're thinking that you're going to mock every runner. But you've actually done very well the last couple of weeks. Yeah, last two weeks we've done really well. We had Polly Gray last week. Obviously got up and won. Paid a good little $4 something. So that was quite good. The week before we had Highballer, which snuck in there for a place. I paid $10, mind you, for a place. So, so I'm thinking this week... I'm going back to the well. High ball okay. is running again today. So I'm feeling that, you know, it's not quite the, the numbers that we had um, for that two weeks ago. Um, but I'm thinking high baller race eight at Rose Hill today is the best each way bet that I have seen on the card. High baller race eight, number 10. If you want to follow Matt Campbell's luck <laughs> and line your pockets, let's bring in a man who knows surfing, Back to front. He's a fantastic coach and he's fantastic to join us when he can on Saturdays in the gong. Nick Squires, where the hell has summer gone? I tell you what, it's a little bit disappointing. Um, <laughs> I think there was a little glimpse of it on Thursday, but uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be the theme for the next couple of months, I think. Totally, I agree with you. Well, Thursday was brilliant and actually some waves around, mate, so I, I didn't get out in it, but I had a good look at it. So, so what, what, where, what, is there, what is the swell doing and, and is there any place you could actually sneak a wave today? Yeah, I think today uh, it's a great day for the learners. The wind's a little bit strong, so the southern corners and all the beaches are going to be your best bet with any of the south swell magnets. Tomorrow looks a lot better. There's a little bit of a south pulse coming tomorrow, so... Um, if you're lucky, you're going to squeak a wave tomorrow morning. Uh, I'd try and get out of the wind in those southern pockets. We've got a high tide first thing in the morning, so um, I think getting in the morning before the wind picks up on those southern corners is going to be your best bet. Oh, yeah, nice. What about the water temperature? Are we starting to see it heat up a little bit at the moment? Is it, is it good for the beginners to get out into it? Because I know when I was learning, you know, nothing worse than being cold You're a and, sook. You're and a sook. falling off the board. <laughs> so I was a bit of a sook. But, but when you, especially when you're learning, like when you've got, you know, yeah. a bit under your belt, you can handle that cold weather. But, you know, I understand learners need a little bit more comfort. Yeah, look, I think um, it's 18 degrees outside the water today. The water's 19 degrees, so I'm calling it's better off in than out. (laughs) (laughs) What do you say to your students, Nick, when they complain about the water being too cold? You must have a comeback. Yeah, I just don't really, yeah, I don't think about that one. <laughs> get out. Yeah, yeah, get out your right. sock. Take, take the same approach. Hey, Nick, a couple of weeks ago, we didn't, haven't spoken to you since then. We had the state titles on down here. Were there some competitors who caught your eye and maybe a, a local standout in there? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So Lennox Smith won the under-18s um, here at, uh, at East Coromel, and Valia Short came second in the 18s girls. So two really good results for our area. Um, the waves didn't re- really cooperate on that Saturday. It was very small. The wind picked up halfway through the day, so it really deteriorated. But, um, you know, that's surfing. Sometimes we've got to adapt and, and do our best on the conditions. So if someone is thinking about trying surfing or wants to improve their surfing, Nick, how do they go about it? What should they do? Who do they call? Yeah, definitely. We, we run lessons every day of the week. Um, surf coaching, learn to surf coach, uh, lessons as well. Um, Pick a window where you're free and, and we'll get you going. Okay, illawarrasurfacademy.com.au. Just repeating what Nick's told us, the southern corner's best tomorrow morning early. There'll be a bit of protected swell. Get out there, try surfing, and hopefully the weather will catch up and we'll be able to enjoy good times in the water. Nick Squires, as always, thanks so much, mate. Pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Nick. Uh, surfing, summer, 
And, of course, summer means cricket, Matt Campbell. And the Ashes start next mm. Wednesday. Normally, we see the Thursday start to the first test, but it's next Wednesday because of many factors at the Gabba. And there's been some questions answered regarding the Australian test team. Firstly, as we've known, Tim Payne no longer captain and no longer wicketkeeper. So mm. Alex Carey is the man who will keep wickets, not Josh Inglis, who was also in contention. Alex Carey on debut after lots of limited over cricket for Australia. Mitchell Stark will retain his fast bowling position over Jai Richardson, despite Richardson's good form with WA. And Travis Head, we think, will beat Usman Khawaja to bat at number five. Now, when it comes to Mitch Stark, I like the ruling that, OK, maybe the form hasn't quite been there. Maybe he's been a little bit erratic, but he is the incumbent. And as Brett Lee says, he bowls at 150 k's an hour. When he gets it on, mm. he's going to cause lots of problems. Yeah. So I'm... Absolutely on board with retaining Mitchell Stark. I am too, Matty, to be honest. And it's, it's more about wicket-taking and being able to get up for those big games. And, you know, one thing that we've seen from Mitchell Stark is that he's able to do it consistently. Yes, he goes a little bit off the off the rails here and there, but, you know, it's just to have that left-hander up your sleeve that you can, you know, create a bit of havoc and, you know, get his confidence going and get get up there. I, I just, I like, the, I, I like to take a little bit of confidence in with taking some of those veterans in there, and especially with Payne out. I think you need that uh, in the in the team to give yes. it a little bit of stability. Good point. With Payne out, the captain's there. There's a new captain, mm. Steve Smith, the deputy, and Al- Mitch Stark, experienced and used to the test arena. I was going to be a test cricketer, but my bowling didn't hit the wicket and my batting couldn't <laughs> hit it out of the circle. So a couple of small problems. But aside from test cricket, of course, the men's big bash starts this weekend, Sunday night, with the defending champs, the Sydney Sixers, against the Melbourne Stars. We've just come through the World Cup, the T20 World Cup, so I've seen plenty of T20, but I think there's an appetite always for T20 cricket. It makes for a great summer viewing. Yeah, just something different. I think uh, what they've done with with that format of the game is given the general public a a you know a, a watchable experience in a quick amount of time, but also y- you don't have the a necessary walk in there and go right. This team's going to win because mm. you know if someone goes off. That, that team's going to get up. And then we've seen that through the World Cup. Like, all you need is one batsman to do really well or one bowler to do really well. So that format is really starting to take off. And I'm excited to see on the back of the World Cup to see how that's inspired the younger generation to come through. And, you know, let's let's see who's going to put their hand up and go, right, I want to be in that Aussie team to defend next time we're out there on the, uh, on the pitch. And then some other cricket news. WA won't host the fifth test. So it's got to go somewhere else. Money says that it will go to the MCG or the SCG. But Taz Tasmania is also looming large. Firstly, I will say that if WA wants to have such, some would say, a ridiculously tight border situation, you can't expect to have the benefits that come from being open, Mm. i.e. big sporting events like the fifth test. So you've made your own bed. Unfortunately, now you've got to sleep in it. No fifth test for WA. Where should it go? Yeah, I like Tassie. I think it's a good idea. You know, they've showcased that they're able to put on big events like that and that the general public want to support it. So Mm. it's not a bad venue to do it. I, you know, maybe a regional town, maybe somewhere North like... Dalton Park in North Wollongong. Dalton Park in Wollongong. There's plenty of room on the hill there. But I, don't, I don't know if we quite get the crowds at the uh, some of the bigger venues, but yeah, it would be good to showcase a, a regional venue somewhere in Australia. I'm sure there's some great cricket venues around Australia that, that deserve an opportunity to take a test game. Would I get in trouble if I called Tassie a great regional venue? I would, wouldn't I? Yeah, probably. Let's hope we've got no listeners from mm. Tasmania. Although Julian O'Brien, I know, will pass that on. But given that Tassie missed out on hosting Afghanistan, which mm. was meant to start the summer. I, right. I wouldn't have any objections to it going down there, but I fear that, well, not fear, I, I wonder whether money might win out when you're going to have 80,000 people at the MCG. Yeah. That's where Cricket Australia is going to line its pockets with cash. We're going to take a break on Saturdays in the Gong, and when we return, a man who has a very high position, a high ranking with FFA, football in Australia, and he is a Wollongong resident. We'll learn about Trevor Morgan after this. Don't wait. City Motors Hyundai has the perfect SUV in stock and ready for you. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Broadcasting live from the Wollongong Golf Club, which is a fantastic facility. As we've said in recent weeks, the course is an absolute picture given all the rain we've had. We now just need the rain to go away, along with the cold temperatures and the wind to make the golf all the more enjoyable. It's been enjoyable this morning for Peter Braley. 
a hole in one just seconds ago here. We love to cover breaking news. So congratulations, Pete. His third hole in one, no, no. if you don't mind. Talk, talk about being greedy. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> to hit the what green. What are you up to? Fifth or sixth hole in one, <laughs> yeah, Matt Campbell? Yeah, that's right. I'll, I'll take him. But in all seriousness, you've, you've been playing regularly here? Yes, I have, yeah. So every Wednesday I've been uh, joining the comp um, to, to go around. It's been uh, The weather has been not so good. Um, mm. But from a course point of view, absolutely magnificent. The greens are great at the moment. Um, the fairways are lush. It's uh, the course is looking the best I've ever seen it, and um, you know it's good to see that there's actually a waiting list um, to become a full-time member. But there's still availabilities if people are listening and want to come and play golf. And I recommend it. You still get a good spot during the week um, to come and have a bit of a hit, and it is relaxing. Like I, I've loved the sport, but never really had the time. But you know you don't need to play 18. You can come and play eight or nine or you know whatever whatever suits. And um, I'm actually finding it relaxing. So. I'm going to consistently turn up. Fantastic. Now, what about... You've been on the free throw line in NBL championship games, in big grand final games. What's more nerve-wracking, standing at the line for a free throw or hitting off on the first on competition day? Oh, yeah, I tell you what, that's a no-brainer. Hitting off on the first with all the like board members and clubbies right behind you, I tell you, that is nervous. And that hurt me on the first time, let me tell you. But I'm getting better. Good stuff. And you've got some new clubs coming, which will help even more. Now, overnight in the football, when it comes to the A-League men, the Wanderers, 2-0 winners against Wellington snapping Wellington's unbeaten streak here at Wynn Stadium last night. In fact, uh, 2-0 Wanderers over Wellington. A-League women, well, Wellington made their debut and took a point along with the Wanderers in a scoreless draw. And City, 1-0 over the victory. That was a fantastic strike from Holly McNamara on debut. It was a fantastic goal. If you haven't seen it, make sure you have a look. Holly McNamara giving City the points in the A-League women. More football action today, of course, among the games closest to us. Sydney FC hosting Newcastle. That's at Cograt, Netstrata Jubilee Stadium this evening. Let's bring in a man who is all over football in this Austra- in Australia. He is the FFA Technical Director and he's a neighbour of yours, Matt Campbell. Trevor Morgan, good morning and welcome to Saturdays in the Gong. Morning, Trev. Good morning, gentlemen. Um, thank you for having me on. I'm, I'm quite impressed that uh, you wrote the Impact Garage Doors ad just for me as well because it mentions that I'm the best, uh, best in the street. So, um, <laughs> but, but thanks for joining me on this morning. Yeah, well, I know that you've uh, probably had a rough night's sleep. Was there a was there a loud house party four doors up last night, Trevor? Yeah, that's my next door neighbour. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, continued right through six a.m. So very good. There actually was. He's not even joking. There was a house party last night. It was loud. <laughs> I could hear it down at my house, which is four doors down. So I'll, I'll let listeners in. <laughs> Trevor Morgan and Matt Campbell live in the same street at the end of this wonderful golf course. And Trevor, that's part of the reason we've got you on the show. Many people wouldn't know that a person who holds such an important position in Australian football lives in the gong. Tell me, what is the role of a technical director when it comes to football in this country? Wow, that's uh, how long have you got? It's uh, <laughs> look, it's, it's, it's it's I guess it's an important role about trying to um, from the technical side of the game. So you know the competition structures, what kids um, experience when they're starting in the game, the coach education, the, the whole picture, the long long term view of what Football Australia wants to have happen, and uh, over the next ten to fifteen years, I've got a I've got a responsibility to. To drive a lot of that and to work with the team, uh, the executive team, to, to make sure that you know the experience of people gets better and better over time. So it's a long-term view, but it's particularly focused around players and coaches uh, in the end product, right? It's the better players we produce, the better coaches we produce, the better competitions we have, make the game, I guess, uh, you know, what we want it to be. And the better experience people have, absolutely, yeah. It is a, it is a, a very strategic role, and it's um, you know outstanding that you've got it. You also, you know, have got the Joey's responsibility as well in the background. So you you are doing two roles, and how's all that fitting in with it, and how's that all going? Yeah, look, obviously that's uh, that's wrapped into the whole process. Um, so, you know, I'll do some modelling with that. Um, I'll invite people into the into the Joey's program, which is for those who don't know, that's the the, the men's under seventeen national team. Um, so you know, that's really the, the starting point for kids playing international football is that they come out of all their competitions around the country, they get identified, they come into a junior national team and then they start competing in Asia and eventually try to compete in, in World Cup tournaments. So my role in that is to help model the type of player we want to see playing for the, the Socceroos or the Matildas in the future 
and to help talent ID those kids and, and put them on the world stage and give them the support they need. So I feel that wraps in very closely to the, the long-term view um, because I think if people can see and you can demonstrate not only, um, you know, uh, put documents out but actually demonstrate what you want to do, I think they, they, they go home with a sense of, okay, this is where we're going and, and I think they join the journey much, much more um, uh, freely. Trevor, you've given a great indication of the length and breadth of your role. It is significant. How much do you have to deal with Graham Arnold and the Socceroos and their, their quest for World Cup qualification, for example, in this campaign? Yeah, so we have a performance director who, who deals directly with the, the needs and requirements of the national teams. But actually, to be fair, only a couple of months ago, um, we had a, an issue with a couple of staff members couldn't travel and Graham actually called me in and I, I was on the, on the bench. I was assistant coach for a couple of matches in, in the qualifying series. Um, but in general, I think I have a you know great relationship with both Tony Gustafsson and, and Graham Arnold, the two head coaches, and it's important that the technical director um, interacts with those people and has an understanding of the pressures there, there and, and obviously the requirement to, to try and produce players that, that will get them excited to give them more, more choices for the national team. So um, we have a great relationship, um, and um, you know I think that's really, really important for our game going forward. Yeah, phenomenal experience too. It's you know, like Matt said, it's great to have you in the Illawarra and um, showcasing from that point of view your technical and and your coaching abilities. You know, so the other thing we saw the Wolves the other night play um, against an A League team and and were competitive. It's how is the Illawarra going? And talk about the Wolves to us and 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 talk about you know football in general in the Illawarra. Like, what, where is it heading and how is it going at the moment? Okay, so look, broad, broad question. The, the key thing, the FFA Cup, um, you know, uh, for, for Football Australia is a really vital tournament because it actually, it's aspirational for both players and coaches and, and clubs, right? So a young player in the, in the FFA Cup gets a chance to play against an A-League outfit and maybe it's a chance to be seen and identified. For a club, it's a chance to measure themselves against the, the fully professional clubs and, and obviously uh, for coaches, it's a, it's a chance to really, uh, I guess, challenge themselves to, to, to get the best out of their team against a higher level now. Um, Luke Wilkshire, you know, um, born and bred, you know, Albion Park. I, I, I knew Luke from when he was 11 years old when he was doing his initial development programs. I was coaching then. And to see him go on and play 80 caps for Australia and come back here after being a high-level professional and, and, and putting his time into trying to develop the club that, that started him off, I think is a, is a great picture. You know, it's the whole, the whole thing, the whole cycle. Um, so the Wolves did, did fantastic the other night um, and being completely fair to them, the challenge for them in a COVID year when, when training had to stop, the, the amount of work that went on behind the scenes to make sure that that team was fit and able to play when, when there's, there's no 10 matches of competition, the players have other jobs to go to during the day. I think they did outstanding. And obviously some things played out for them with the send-off early in the game and the goal and, and, and it got the crowd really going and, and, and the thought of possibility. And that's that's really what's special about the FFA Cup is the, the chance to have um, eventually fight off for a spot in the Asian Champions League. If, if you're good enough to win the FFA Cup, you, that means you've knocked out um, A-League teams and you, you get a chance of, of potentially going right through to, to Asian Champions League football, which is would be unbelievable for the Illawarra. Um, Certainly with the Wolves, um, everyone knows it's, it, it, the history. Those who live in the Illawarra know the history of the club and, and, and obviously the, the absolute heights that it's been at. And I think the people involved in the club now are really um, doing everything they can to, to make those opportunities available again for not only the players in the region but also um, you know, the citizens of, of the Illawarra to, to have a team to get behind that's playing at the highest level. Um, and we're working hard, Football Australia, to try and not only make the FFA Cup possible, but also eventually bring in a women's FFA Cup so that, so that the women's teams have the same opportunity and, and also to try and build a national second division. So that, um, because at the moment, if you play in the New South Wales Premier League, you, you can't get promotion to the A-League. That doesn't exist in, in the structure at the moment. It's too big a gap and it's a franchise model at the top. So trying to find ways to connect the, the, the pyramid so that it's not just the, of course, the FFA Cup's fantastic, but to have a, a, a longer-term view that, that a club like Wollongong, who's doing a fantastic job of trying to really get to the top of, of, of the NPL standards, they could then progress, you know, and, and, and chase the dream again of playing in the top league, you know. And, and that's linked to that, obviously, is it's got to be sustainable, right? We all know that the games and, and sport in general has suffered from, from the global financial out, impact of COVID. So um, we've got to come up with a, a financial model that's sustainable and, and in, linked in that, as much as it's the on-field success of the team, it's really the infrastructure behind the club and the club licensing that ensures that you know they're not just going to boom one year and fail the next year. So 
Football Australia has been very careful to work with clubs to make sure that, you know, should we build this second tier and can we get it up and running, that it, that it, um, it, it succeeds. So it's really vital for us. Well, Trevor, we've made the Wolves our sporting impact of the week, as you mentioned at the start of this interview. Thanks to Impact Garage Doors, impacting homes for 20 years. Matt Campbell, you're wearing an Impact Garage Doors T-shirt because you've got a fantastic Impact Garage door. And the reason we've made it that honour, Trevor, is because of the way they played and the occasion. There was a line-up to get in, which I thought was good. The crowd was boisterous. There were a couple of red cards, some flare-ups, some fantastic shots on goal. I left having gone to Wynn Stadium on Wednesday night just thoroughly entertained. I thought even though the home team was beaten, they'd, they'd lifted to play the in-season Central Coast Mariners and delivered a great spectacle. So it was, it was a good night for football and a good night for football in the Illawarra. I'm sure you'd agree. Matt, I totally agree. And it's great to hear a, you know, a person like yourself talking about football um, in, in that way and how much it brings to the area. Um, certainly, um, you know, I know that your, your love of rugby league is there and, and I think, um, you know, there's a place for in the market to use a stadium like Wynn Stadium for multiple sports and really to give people great experiences. Um, it was great to see a crowd behind the walls. I, I would love to have seen a few more people come, but I do understand there was a difficulty on the day with, with some concerns around COVID again. Um, yeah, it was just a fantastic day for the sport. Um, it's a great stadium. It's a great place to hold a match of different codes. And um, and all credit to the Wolves for, for putting on such a great show on the night. Yeah, well, Marcus Beattie in that number seven jersey, I thought he was fantastic. Nick Littler, number 15, another good player for Luke Wilkshire. They had many of them across the field. Uh, let's leave that there for one moment. A few years ago, a long time ago, in fact, uh, Trevor, I was interviewing Johnny Warren, uh, down at Jamboree before the Socceroos had requalified for the World Cup, the Germany uh, World Cup, and I was asking him, "Can we qualify? Will we qualify?" And he pulled me up and he said, "You know what, Matt? I'm sick of people asking me, will we qualify? Can we qualify? Australia needs to be asking itself, when are we going to win the World Cup?" And it just has always stayed with me. And such a shift in focus. Forget just qualifying. Let's concentrate on winning. Will we see that mindset and that approach? Before we we join Johnny in the in the grandstand upstairs, yeah. So I, I think I think that's a really um, you know I mean it's one of the most iconic um, comments in, in football in Australia is um, you know um, Johnny's belief that we will do it. Uh, if you look at other nations in Asia, someone like Japan, they set a fifty year plan to win it. Right? They 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 um, very realistic about got to have a goal football. Yeah, and I think. You know, um, so 100%, we've got an opportunity in, in, in just over 18 months' time um, with, for the Matildas and for the Socceroos. It, it's, a, it's a gradual process, but there's no point being in it if you don't intend to win things. Um, and, and that balance of realism where you, where you currently are or what your aspirations are, and, and I think it's a working towards thing. Um, but um, And that's why this becomes key, all this stuff we've talked about this morning, is about having a generation of players coming through because we, our coaches are great, our preparation is great, um, but the depth of our talent, the more players we have playing at the highest level week in, week out, um, just gives the coach more choices, right, and gives you more flexibility and, and, and um, different things you can do to opponents. And I think that's, that's player development is central to it as well as these competitions. But the aspiration to do it, um, Johnny inspired people with that, and I think um, everyone holds that tear to the heart that why shouldn't we try and win it one day? Yeah, and um, we're here with Trevor Morgan, um, you know, and part of your role as that technical, um, you know, director in that part is to be able to fuse all those together, get the juniors playing at the, you know, mum and dad level where you take them to the kick the kick on the, on the grounds when they're seven years old all the way up to how do we fuse all of that together to make the sport as good as possible so that you give an opportunity for the talent to be able to rise to the top and give ourselves an opportunity as a country to win a World Cup. So great job, mate. You're doing an awesome part from that point of view. Yeah, Football Federation Australia, Trevor, is lucky to have you. And Wollongong, the Illawarra, this region, is lucky to have you. I'm glad we've had the opportunity to get to, get to know you a bit more. Good luck with the Joey's job going forward and good luck when Graham Arnold calls you up to assist as coach. And if there's any footballs going missing from your front or backyard, could I suggest you walk up the street four doors? There's a thief living right there. I reckon I've got one, just quietly. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you, gentlemen, and have a, have a great Saturday. No, Thanks, Trev. You too, Trev. Great to chat and all the best going forward. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong News, and then we're back to tell you about a new attraction at the wonderful Steelers Club. 
don't wait. City Motors Hyundai has the perfect SUV in stock and ready for you. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Our thanks to City Motors Hyundai, Impact Garage Doors, One Agency, and of course the Wollongong Golf Club, our fantastic hosts as we broadcast live Saturdays in the gong. Plenty of news overnight from the sporting world with a win first up for the Tassie Jack Jumpers over Brisbane, 83-74. That game, the first game of the NBL season, going to overtime. Then... We went west, Perth beating Adelaide 85-73, while in the A-League men last night, Wanderers 2-0 over Wellington, that game in Wollongong, with Wellington calling Wynn Stadium home for the time being, at least let's hope they get to go back to Wellington sometimes soon. Matt Campbell, it is great sharing this show with you, and we've shared the odd beverage in the Steelers Club over the years, sometimes after your heroics with the Illawarra Hawks in a past life, and more recently after watching sporting events. I want to bring in someone who controls the Steelers Club magnificently. Sharon Arrow, welcome to Saturdays in the Gong. Thank you, guys. Lovely to be here. Thank you. It's great to hear your voice. It's great to hear that accent. You better tell us about (laughs) Five Beekman. What is Five Beekman at the Steelers Club? So Five Beekman is our gorgeous little cocktail and wine bar that we were supposed to launch last night. But unfortunately, with the circumstances and what's happening, you know, with venues around town, we thought it might be best to postpone for a couple of months until hopefully the chaos that's surrounding us has calmed down a little. But Five Beekman is our beautiful little cocktail bar, our little oasis in the middle of the city, and it's a little touch of Manhattan in Wollongong. Yeah, fantastic. I can't wait to have a cocktail in there. I, I don't mind the old cocktail. What's your now cocktail of choice? Oh, man. What is it? I actually like a pina colada, believe it or not. Okay. I actually, oh, oh, it's a bit, cool. Love it. Yeah, I do. I really like if I'm at a pool somewhere and it's hot, I, for me, that is just the tip top for me. What's that, Mex- what's that Mexican one where they put the salt around the top? You know, the, the margarita. Margarita. Mm. I, if I'm ha- having a cocktail, it would probably be a margarita. I don't normally venture too far away from the beer or wine, which the Steelers Club looks after magnificently, mind you. But what about you, Sharon? Give us your your cocktail of choice at Five Beekman. Oh, look, we have the most beautiful Illawarra Plum Martini, and it is in homage to the area, Mm. in homage to the area that we live in. So it is um, the... Illawarra Plum Liqueur, which is distilled by Headlands Brewery, so important to be supporting local. Yes. And, um, and it is served with an Illawarra Plum actually in the glass, which ironically, we had to get from South Australia. So that was, <laughs> that, was that kind of defeated the purpose, but um, at the end of the day we just wanted to showcase um, Illawarra, the spirits, and um, the Illawarra Plum, and it's, it's served in a beautiful a beautiful little tulip glass, and um, oh, it's just divine. Amazing. Gorgeous. Sounds amazing. Mm. I'll, I'll, I'll have to take you up on one of those, Sharon, for sure. Absolutely. Now, also wine. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a big wine fan. I've, uh, I've ventured. Yes, I I'm do. a red fan. I do, I've, Matt. I've been along, and <laughs> Tyrrell's looked after me a little bit on the uh, wine selections that I have in my uh, wine cellar. So, yes. Um, so, so, I mean, and, and we are crying out. But we've seen that around town, the, the little wine bars that have popped up of doing yeah. extraordinarily well, and, you know, to put that mm. into a club environment you know that's a great idea too so what how, how do you do it with the wines down there as well well look we've um we put a we, we have a great selection of wines in Steelers um just over the normal the normal bar but we've tried to um liaise with our uh, our wine partners for just something a little bit different in this space um not necessarily hugely expensive we're trying to still keep it you know within the spectrum of where everybody can come and enjoy a beverage experience mm-hmm. in there but the wines that we have we've got a beautiful blue extra dry sparkling wine from italy and um and it is vibrant blue color and it is just a very wow. refreshing blue. beautiful drop looks amazing yes it looks amazing wow. reminds me back to the old blue nun days but no it's not quite that it's <laughs> definitely, definitely not that but blue it's um like, right there was something like that <laughs> yeah, that's right that's right so we want we want everything to look amazing as well as 
you know, we're trying to stimulate the five senses in Five Beekman. We want to, you know, we've got beautiful decor. We want the, the beverages to look gorgeous. We need them to taste beautiful. We've got beautiful Five Beekman candles now, which we light there. So we've got the, the nice um, aroma going through the through the venue also. So, you know, we're, tr- we're trying to um, just have it a very, a very unique and special, special place to catch up with friends, especially coming up to Christmas. Something different for, for the Steelers Club, definitely. Well said. I'm so looking forward to getting there. I was looking forward to the opening and disappointed when it couldn't go ahead. The Steelers Club, oh, it's, the rejuvenation continues, doesn't it? Because Scarlet's upstairs has had an overhaul. Yeah. Now we've got Five Beekman. Right. I'll just expand on Five Beekman. You said it was based on a building in Manhattan, so I looked it up and, Correct. wow, that's a classy, uh, detailed building. Where did that idea come from? Who said, let's, let's model a wine bar? on this building in Manhattan. Wasn't Bobby Steeler, well, I hope. <laughs> no, no but Bobby had his um, input into Scarlet because Scarlet is the actual colour of Steelers. So right. we have the football connection there. But with the cocktail bar, we thought we just wanted to kind of go totally left to field. We wanted it to have a very unique name and we wanted it to have a story. And um, the, the building in in Manhattan was a, a, a beautiful old retro building which has kind of now been renovated and it's like the phoenix coming out of the ashes and you know Steelers has had a, a you know a, a very a bit of a roller coaster history um, in town and, and we want this to be you know with Scarlet's and, and with Five Beekman we want this to be you, you know the new the new benchmark for what level and you know uh, standard that we want to produce for our members and guests so the name actually came up from a, a friend of mine, um, the gorgeous Nicole Walker, and uh, her and I walk most, well, we, we, we used to walk a couple of nights a week during the COVID um, break, uh, shutdown, and we, um, we were just brainstorming one day, and Five Beekmen came up, and Nicole said, look it up, check the story out, and, and I just thought, this, this is it, you know, we, we, it's, and we, we are five Borelli Street, so there is a little link to, to our, um, to our address. And, uh, and reading the story and looking at the style of the Art Deco that it had and what, you know, the, the green velvets and the, and the gold and, and, um, you know, the, the, the classic, the classic design, I thought, this fits, this fits exactly what we want to do. Mm, and, so and so now we, we've based the whole, the whole little bar around that building. Ah, but is there someone of Irish heritage in the corner telling jokes? That's all that's needed to, to cap it off. Do you know anyone who um, might be able to serve that role, Sharon? Well, you know, there, there might be someone. <laughs> it depends on how many drinks. I tell you what, you mentioned Nicole Walker. She's fantastic. She's our host down here at the Wollongong Golf Club and she looks gorgeous, after. Yeah. Mm, so yeah. good. We're both prima donnas. We take some looking after, don't we, we Maddie? We do. We're high maintenance here at the, <laughs> or at the, at the golf club down here. But, uh, Sharon, it's great to have you on to talk about Five Beekman and the Steelers Club as a whole. Scarlet's the, the whole facility. Um, I encourage people to get there right beside our sporting hub, our sporting mecca, Wynn Stadium and the Wynn Entertainment Centre. So it's a, such a, a proud history and such an important part of our fabric, not just sporting but, but socially as well. Five Beekman, we look forward to getting there and, and trying it out. A great occasion would be to go and watch the Hawks when they're on the road. Absolutely. And you can Absolutely, have a pre or, yes. or post game celebration in Five Beekman. That, that sounds like a good idea, Sharon. That sounds like an awesome idea, and we can't wait to welcome everybody. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's just another little, another little venue for people to go to in Wollongong, and we hope that we're doing our bit to, to, raise, to raise the bar and raise the benchmark. And, um, and you know it's it's wonderful for the for the residents of of the Illawarra to have a little venue like this to go to. You are Sharon. I can hear our listeners across the Illawarra planning their mm-hmm. visit as we speak. Thank you uh, for joining us this morning. If you can get Thanks, my margarita guys. ready, get Maddie's <laughs> strawberry daiquiri ready. We'll be across in about half an hour. Maddie would be more. A, I thought Maddie would be more a fluffy duck type of guy. But that's okay. Or a Army mango tango man. Ah. <laughs> uh, Gee, we better we better get off before yeah, we end absolutely. it. We got ourselves in trouble here. We, we might be dragged off here, Sharon. But uh, hey, thanks for joining us, and we look forward to thanks, seeing you in guys. person soon. Uh, thanks, Sharon. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Have a lovely day, and Merry Christmas to everyone listening. Anytime. Well said, Sharon Arrow from the Steelers Club. Five Beekman, a proud new addition to 
uh, the Steelers Club. And I can't wait to get there, Matty. No. It's, it's great when you see your region with, with a new restaurant or new mm. dining bar facility opening up. It means that people are backing this region to be able to sustain their business and to sustain their new venture. And that's what we need. Yeah, you've got to keep reinventing the wheel too. Like it's, you know, and, and Sharon mentioned it across all the different times. I've been there for many years in the Steelers mm. Club and, and they have to keep evolving to keep the clientele interested in coming along. And, you know, what excitement, what, what an exciting change too for the Illawarra to have something New York-based. Like, yeah, it's, uh, I'm really looking forward to it and, um, you know, hopefully the Illawarra gets out and supports it. I can see Kent Robson, Bobby, spending 12 hours in Five Beekman, uh, really <laughs> ensconcing himself there. So there you go. Five Beekman at the Steelers Club. We will break and come back with Christian Zeidler to tell us about what's happening in the real estate world. One agency, Zeidler Waller, great supporters of this show, Matt Campbell, and we look forward each week to speaking to one of the principals, sure Christian Zeidler, who's back from a camping ex- expedition. Christian, I trust that after camping last week, you have a new appreciation for the products you sell. Homes. <laughs> oh, 100%. Everything we're selling today uh, has uh, a nice, tight, sealed roof. I had uh, three days of camping and three days of rain. Oh, no. I couldn't think of anything worse, Christian. Jeez. You had, and you survived it, hey? Still married? Oh, it was, it was the challenge. It was certainly a challenge. I said on the last day, we're down there with my in-laws. I said to my mother-in-law, it hadn't rained for about an hour straight, which is the biggest break we've got. And I turned to her and I said, if it doesn't start raining soon, I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, camping's bearable by about 4 o'clock when you've started drinking. It's 10 a.m. That's my motto. But uh, well done, Christian. And, and when you're back to your real job and selling you know, roofs and walls and the things we like, uh, what's on the market today that excites you? Oh, we got we got everything in Kiriville today. So we're at first off at 24 Williams Street, which is going to auction next Saturday. And then right now we've pulled up to one right on the fringe of Wollongong University, uh, 7 Binder Street. It's a 29-metre frontage on this place. Wow. So I know uh, Matty's his ears mm, just started bit, ringing. Just, just pricked up a little bit, yes. Just pricked up a little bit. And what's there is a really good thing anyway. It's a four-bedroom home and it's got a self-contained fanny flat as well. So you can pull some real good income out of it while you're working out what you're going to do uh, with council-approved plans. And then finally, we're at 2 Georgina Avenue with just a real picture-perfect backing onto parkland, north-facing backyard, swimming pool. Like, we've got it all today in Kiraville. Well, and we, we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. That It's it's a, such a sleepy, nice uh, suburb of the Illawarra. Like, and, and, mm. and we talked about it earlier with Mark Slay talking about Destination Wollongong, having an ability to have the ocean right here. And then the escarpment only five kilometres away. Kiraville sits at the bottom of that escarpment and it, it is like starting to build a real culture about, you know, cafes and bits and pieces. It's an it's a, it's a r- extraordinary part of the, of the Illawarra. And, um, yeah, it's great that you've got three properties up there today. Yeah, if you saw what I'm looking at right now, I'm parked out front, just waiting to go into this next open, looking at Mount Kira, and all the trees, there's just, I mean, it's a real, it's so green, it's beautiful, and as you said, so close to the beach. I, I grew up in Kiraville, and I could actually ride my skateboard to the beach. I mean, pushies were the regular thing, but on the odd occasion, you could ride your skatey. It's downhill all the way from Gipps Road. Well, Campbell still rides his electric scooter around, so I, no reason you can't get back on the skateboard, Christian. He's regressing. Uh, hey, Christian, yeah, I am. I've, I'm seen, older. I've seen the Binder and Georgina properties. They are fantastic, and I encourage everyone to go to one agency to have a look and get involved. Before we let you go, I want to give you Matt's miscellaneous moment because it details um, appreciation of, of, a, of something like a house. Now, Matt Campbell, Christian, was in Canberra last week and showing his... Um, uh, culture. He took himself to the National Gallery where Blue Poles, that famous Jackson Pollock painting, uh, is kept. Now, in 1973, Blue Poles was bought by the National Gallery for $1.3 million. The, the wow. curator had to get permission wow, from Gough Whitlam to spend more than a mil, right? Mm. And it was a purchase that was ridiculed and criticised. What the hell are we doing spending $1.3 million bucks in 1973 on this Jackson Pollock Blue Poles? Guess what its value is today? 350 million bucks so I know we're basically 50 years down the track but he's gone from 1.3 mil to 350 mil that's a fair purchase isn't it Christian there's some capital growth there I wonder what the tax would be on that I wonder if it's tax free 
Oh, now if, if we're in Bermuda, uh, that, that might come into. Can you, <laughs> mate? A little bit of information before I went down there would have been good, mate, because it is a very big painting, I must admit. But I had two people in there. I reckon I could have done the runner with that. Three hundred and fifty. I wonder how much of it I would have actually got out through the doors. Uh, we're speaking stealing blue poles and tax evasion. <laughs> Jeez, tell you, it's a good show, Christian, isn't it? Uh, it's, it's funny where our heads go straight away, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know you're a busy man, Christian. Good luck with those uh, wonderful properties in Kiraville. One agency great supporters of this show we really appreciate it and we encourage our listeners to um to support your agency one agency thanks e oh thanks so much for your time boys have a great day talk to you next week christian zeidler one agency your place to go for all your real estate needs a quick break then we're back to wrap it up saturday's in the gong yes thanks to city motors hyundai impact garage doors one agency and our hosts the wollongong golf club the illawarra hawks start their nbl season tomorrow Adelaide hosting the Hawks, and I'm feeling really confident that Illawarra can start with a win, Matt Campbell, Absolutely. tonight. It's the Phoenix against the Breakers, that one in Melbourne. If you're after some hoops closer to home, why not head up the highway? Sydney Kings playing Melbourne, 3 o'clock tomorrow, Kudos Bank Arena. Give us your take on the Kings, Matty. Yeah, look, it's an interesting one. The Kings obviously um, you know, had some really good years, and um, I just think this year, if they can keep healthy, that they're going to be a top-two team. So I just... Angus Glover, obviously a local um, who's doing extraordinary things in the preseason. Um, you've also got Xavier Cooks, another local that's up there. Um, two two players that um, really are national team quality that are, that are up the road. So if they can keep those guys healthy, I think they'll be outstanding. So it's going to be, um, you know, that'll be an interesting game. Good good test for them straight off the bat playing against Melbourne. It's my overseas hoops news. Memphis thrashing OKC by 73 points, a record margin in the 75 history history of the NBA. LeBron James free to return to the court after wait for it, eight negative COVID tests. He had a positive. He's since had eight negatives and only now can he return. Hello? I would have thought two would have done. Well, it is America. They like to do things very large over there. So upsize, we're going to do eight COVID tests. Congratulations to Paddy Mills, the decorated boomer, the decorated um, San Antonio and now New York player, the Don Award, the highest award in Australian sport, and couldn't go to a better fellow. Oh, he is such a good guy, and and you know it, it's not just about his on-court performances. It's, mm. He's leading the way for Indigenous health. Um, you know, uh, all parts of the Indigenous area. He's such a, a good ambassador for himself and his people. But um, you know, to see him get that award, I was so proud. And and he speaks so well. He's just he's really refined refined himself as a athlete and as a speaker. And I'm you know couldn't be more proud. I interviewed him. For the uh, Boomers World Cup campaign, he was more interested about advertising his Indigenous uh, work than he was himself and yeah. the Boomers. When it comes to the NBA, I'm always intrigued by their post-match press conference get-up, their media conference attire. I watched this week. One bloke was wearing a parachute, it seemed, and then Lamelo Ball had glasses that looked like they were straight off the set of a, a Kiss concert. It's all about the image. All about the image. I, I never can work it out. It'd be easy for everyone if they had to wear their uniform. Yeah, agreed. Mind you, some fashion stores would be left without a dollar. Thanks for your company. Saturday's in the gong. We're back next week. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um... Polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.